Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Christina Casiraja LeBron. She is a talent management professional and mental wellness coach who is exceeding passionate, who is ex- exceedingly passionate about corporate and employee well-being. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amy, for having me. It's really good to be here. Yeah. So, how did you become a talent management professional and wellness coach? Wow, that is quite the journey. It all started with my leaving home when I was 16. I grew up in to, you can edit this as much as you want, Amy. Okay, because I am a little bit nervous. I think I just realized that. (laughs) So it started off when I actually had to leave a dysfunctional home life when I was 16 years old. I was put in a position where I had to essentially work my way up. I didn't manage to go to school or anything like that. I just left home and I went into survival mode, essentially. Two years after I left home, it was essentially spent. I was a 16-year-old. Nobody wanted to hire me. Like I, I had to do little odd jobs here and there just to put a roof over my head and to feed myself. When I was 18 was when I started my first corporate job. Um, I started off as a receptionist. And being the type A go-getter that I was, a couple of years later, I found myself in a talent management sort of position. My career essentially took off in 2005, which I think I was about 24 years old at that time. And I fell into the talent management industry quite by accident. And when I say talent management, essentially what, it's, what I'm referring to is the global mobility industry. It is a relatively unknown industry. It's very niche, but it has a lot of activity. And what it is, it's essentially outsourced human resource services for people who are moving all around the world. Fell into it quite by accident. And I loved what it was all about because it afforded me exposure to different cultures, different types of people, because you're moving people from point A to point B again, all over the world. Now, fast forward a couple of years, again, being the type A personality that I was, to me, success was my only goal. So I worked my way up in the career ladder and essentially in 2000 and as of 2019, I was in a senior leadership position, essentially responsible for 150 people who were reporting into me indirectly as well as directly globally. Now, throughout the course of my leadership career. That was where I realized that I had a passion for coaching, guiding, leadering, for leadership and mentoring. The wellness part of it essentially came into play because in, I think this applies to any sort of corporate environment that you're in. It is super high stress, regardless of industry. I think the way that our societies have been set up has been such where we just place a lot of pressure on ourselves. Leaders place a lot of pressure on their teams to just perform and make the bottom line. Let's get ahead. Let's do so much. So the focus on sustainability and remaining productive in the long term fell to the wayside. And 
I found that just being respectful and nurturing towards my team members, especially the high performing ones, would yield long term productivity. My turnover went down, would always go down to 0% in whichever team that I took over because the environment that I would create for them as their leader would be a safe environment for them to perform in, to safely express their ideas. And you know what? It all came from a selfish place because I not only did I want to do well, I wanted my team also to do well. And it, in the end, it was to make that bottom line, but it was to make that bottom line in a very safe and long, like sustainable manner if you will. So yeah, that was essentially how I ended up where I am today. I left my corporate career in 2019 to use my leadership experience that I had acquired over the years to coach folks one-on-one. And that's essentially where I'm at the moment. So in walking through your journey, what are you grateful for? My resilience. (laughs) Resilience. There were many times where exhaustion would take over. And I would be like, why am I doing this? Is what I'm does what is what I'm doing impactful? Does it really matter? We all go through that. And I'll be the first one to put up my hand and take accountability for the fact that I am human at the end of the day. And throughout the course of this journey that I've been on, and it's still a journey that I'm on, I am grateful for the fact that I still kept my eye on the prize and picked myself up and kept going. Because believe you me, given my past history, there were so many obstacles that I had to face and so many times where I was this close to just being like, nah, I'm I'm done. I'm just too tired. I'm just going to go out and be a trophy wife or something. I'm not, I just don't want to do this, but no, I just kept going. And I'm grateful for that side of me that just enabled me to, when needed, take a step back, take a break, go for a run or just go have a nap (laughs) and come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So what are some ways you help to create supportive environments so that teams feel safe and express their ideas? Yeah, absolutely. Here is my secret. It is to be nice and respectful to everyone around you. Kindness in the workplace is such an underused concept, underused tool, if you will. Obviously, I had to balance that out with maintaining high standards for my team, because at the end of the day, you still want to have a high performing team. But because you have such high standards for your team, it's important to be super respectful to them as well. And be very open about the fact that we all need little micro breaks throughout the day in order to remain sustainable in order to remain productive in the long term. So for example, if one of my team members needed to take a day off to, I don't know, go to their kid's baseball game or take their mother for a doctor's appointment or whatever, they were more than welcome to be upfront with me about what they needed to do in their personal life with no judgment whatsoever. They could go off and take care of it. And my team was structured in a way where it was based upon trust. So if one person was out, the other team, the other part, the other, sorry, the other members of the team would pick up the slack temporarily because they knew that they would be afforded the same privilege if they needed to take care of their dog or their child or 
whatever it is that they needed to do. Or if they were having a bad day as a result of being at the receiving end of a nasty client or whatever, go take a couple of days off, go take a couple hours, do what you need to do so that you can come back and continue to give it your 150% on an ongoing basis. I was also very particular about core business hours. My expectation for the team was that we would go over and above during our core business hours. Anything before and after that, like working late, I never understood that concept. I well and truly didn't. Because scientific studies have proven that just attention span wise, we can only remain productive for an average of one hour before our attention starts to drift off and we just don't become productive anymore. But given that, you know, again, you're in a corporate space, so you have to be respectful of the rules and the structure that has been put in place. I was very particular about giving it your all during your core business hours, granted taking little micro breaks whenever needed during said core business hours and anything before and after that, please go take care of yourselves. Go, go out for dinner with your family. If you live alone, like just go hang out by yourself. Take that time, time for yourself again so that you can re-energize and recharge and come back the next day. This was structured in a way where that was like the standard on a nine to five basis, if you will. There were times where, of course, there's, there are client needs and there are times where you would have to work after hours, but I made it so that it would only be required when it was absolutely required and not just for the sake of appearing busy to appease the seniors or to make it seem like you were going over and above. No, if you're going over and above, the results will show in the quality of work that you produce. Again, long-term productivity, it's all based upon that. So what is work-life balance to you and do you think it's possible? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And Amy, when you figure it out, let me know. (laughs) I'm, I'm kidding. I think it's possible. I do feel that you have to have the courage to be able to stand up for that concept. Because again, society has been structured as such where we place so much pressure on ourselves to perform, regardless of what it is that we're doing. It could be in the corporate space. It could be just running our lives and taking care of ourselves or whatever it is, we're all navigating life. And it's in order to remain productive in the long term, you have to have that confidence and that strength to be like, you know what, I need a break. Okay. Therefore, I'm going to be vocal about it. And I'm going to afford myself the ability to be vocal about it. And to take that break for myself. But if you have that, if you're able to do that for yourself, work-life balance is very easily achievable. It's not easy. It well and truly isn't because God forbid, if you work for a manager who doesn't believe in work-life balance, then you will have a bit of a fight on your hands. But, Or you may even have to look for another environment that believes in the concept of work-life balance. But if you adopt that concept for yourself and you stand by it 100% with confidence, it will truly be achievable. Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. So why is self-care like exercise and nutrition important for workplace and perf- workplace performance? 
It's, I think it's important for performance in and out of the workplace. Exercise, it's, again, look at the science behind it. It produces dopamine, which is that hormone that makes you feel happy, right? And I'm, I'm not talking about if you're a gym bunny, great. Go to the gym, get your exercise on in that way. But when I talk about exercise, I'm talking about physical activity. Start off your morning. If you're not the, if you're not the physical activity type, if you're not the workout sort of person like I am, that's fully understandable. But go for a small walk. Start off your day by making your bed. For example, that's physical activity right there. Making yourself like a small meal. Again, going out for a quick 15-minute walk. If having structured full-on workouts are your thing, by all means, structure a routine around it. Carve out some time in your day. If you're a morning person to do it like I am, get it done in the morning. Every time of day that works for you, get out there, move your body. And at the same time, treat yourself to hearty, nutritious food. These are things that we can do for ourselves that will not just help us physically, but mentally as well. And as a result, it will increase your ability to perform in a positive way in the workplace. Just, I'm going to, I'm going to share something very personal right now. The past two years for me at an emotional level have been very hard it's been exhausting. We've had to leave New York City, uproot ourselves from our home and hide out in Connecticut and try to figure out what our next steps are going to be. It's been an exhausting past two years. I can safely say from me, from personal experience, what has kept me going is my workout routine. It is actually what keeps me getting out of bed every day. I can safely say if it weren't for my ability to move my body, which I am unendingly grateful for, I think I would have been a depressive mess just based upon how the past few years have gone. Yeah. So just wrapping up that particular point, I cannot stress enough the importance of physical activity and proper nutrition in your life. Feed and nourish your body so that you can be productive in not just in the workplace, but in your day-to-day lives. So with the great resignation, what are some ways that employers can become more competitive to get top talent? Yeah. If you identify high-performing talent employers, pay them. Don't try to cut corners. Don't tell people that this is what it is. Don't go the extra mile. Especially if you, again, identify them as high-performing talent. Recognize that rest is crucial for long-term productivity. If one of your team members is, again, having a bad day, make it so that you take care of them, you support them through it. Of course, again, like I said earlier on, you have to balance it out with having high standards for the team. This is how you create a high-performing team. But once you've created that high-performing team, take care of them at a personal level. Maintain kindness and respect at all times. 
keep create policies that will protect them from getting abused by clients, by internal peers, create safe spaces for them to express their ideas. Because this will not just help nurture them as individuals, it's going to help you all as employers too, because you will be creating great talent who can step in to leadership shoes and keep the company going. It's as simple as that. If you take care of your people will remain loyal and they will work exceptionally hard. And what if they were to leave? That's again, part and parcel of life, right? They do have the right to to find other opportunities and there will be other companies that will try to take them. And if that happens, that's fine. If you create a positive work culture, folks will want to join your organization and that can be started and taken care of by creating that positive environment that takes employee well-being into consideration. Can you share some of your client success stories with us? Yeah, of course. I have one that comes to mind. He is still a client of mine until today. He was my very first client when I founded the business at the end of 2019, right before the pandemic hit. Lucky me. He he started off, let me take a step back, sorry. He falls into my target market, which is in my coaching business, I I coach high-performing talent no matter where they are in their career. They could be just starting off in their career or they could be established executives who are looking to fine-tune their leadership skills and adopting further skills that they haven't already acquired along the way or they're unaware of. So this kid, he's not a child anymore. He's actually 30 years old by now. When I first started coaching him, he had obviously just started off in his career. I knew off the bat within the first five minutes of my talking to him that he was a special kind of talent. He's extremely dedicated, hardworking. He has this ability to think three, four steps ahead um, of any situation. (coughs) Excuse me. He takes it all into consideration. Now, he was at that time a consultant on his team. So when he first started talking to me, he, he was very new to corporate at that time. And the reason why he started working with me at, um, when at that particular moment in time, his aim was to understand more about how to navigate corporate environments in general. He did not realize yet that he would want to move up in the career ladder. Now, he spent a couple of sessions with me and he was, again, he was very dedicated. Like I give out assignments that I expect my clients to practice throughout the course of the week in between sessions. If they don't, unfortunately, it's on them and then they won't progress. This particular gentleman, however, he took it upon himself to complete each and every single practical assignment. And he'd come back to me and report his experiences, when he carried out that particular task, whatever that may have been. And fast forward one, two years, he is today the first, he got a promotion <laughs> in, his, in his job, helped him navigate that. And then a year later, which is now this current moment in time, he has since founded his own running apparel business that he is now trying to get off the ground. Uh, And I am just so unendingly proud of him, of what he has achieved in two years during a pandemic. He started off new in his career, not really knowing very much about what corporate was. 
managed to get himself promoted, and then essentially left to found his own business. If that isn't a success story, that isn't even a success story, if you will. I cannot wait to see what he does with this running business, just knowing who he is. But yeah, at the moment, like that is my biggest success story. I couldn't be prouder of him. It took him from not having any direction to where he is today. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really great. So what do you think has been your truth that's gotten you this far in your journey? Oh, I think my truth has been truth, Amy. <laughs> it, I pride myself in being 100% honest and authentic. I spent a number of years being a different version of myself, especially since I left home at a young age and I started my career journey as a woman. There, there were certain standards that I think any woman who's listening to this would be able to resonate with what I'm about to say. There are standards that have been placed on us that pressure us into acting a certain way, looking a certain way, being a certain way. And the corporate world is no stranger to these standards. I spent a number of years hiding my true self and being extra aggressive to get ahead being very exceptionally no-nonsense, again, in the interest of getting ahead and trying to navigate leadership in general, that isn't who I truly am. And at one point, it worked. It did not work in my favor. I suffered from burnout in 2008, where I actually rage quit a job because I was just so tired of veering away from my true self. And from that moment on, I adopted a more gentler, calmer approach, which is very in line with who I truly am. I know that about myself. And ever since then, I have always remained honest and authentic. And if I'm not happy about something, I express it. I believe that any message can be expressed as long as it's done in a professional and respectful way. And more often than not, unless you have a super unreasonable person at the receiving end, more often than not, you're able to work whatever issue out. It's not, it might be painful at that moment in time, but it usually gets resolved. I'm speaking from personal experience here, and it's as a result of being honest and authentic. And ironically, that's what this question is all about. What is your truth that has gotten me this far in my journey? It is truth. (laughs) and authenticity essentially that's good so if you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out in your journey what would it be (laughs) I don't know if it's advice so much so as a statement if I and interestingly enough I actually recently penned a letter to my 16 year old self and I'm not going to read out that entire letter on this podcast because we don't have two hours but The messaging was essentially, girl, it's going to be all right. It may not seem like it is right now, especially as you are sleeping on a park bench, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, but you are going to make something of yourself. Your resilience is going to come in handy. Keep going. So not so much advice, but more offer reassurance. Yeah. If I could, again, speak to my younger self, I just reassure her that 
I am going to be successful and I am going to make it someday. I have those moments even until today where I take a look at my life. And again, it, I'm, I don't consider myself as one who has completely made it. I'm still working on it. But everything that I have achieved over the years, I still have those moments where I'm like, wow, I did this for myself. And I encourage anyone who is listening to this to do that. You don't have to look back too far, maybe look back a couple months and think about something that you just set out to do as of a couple months ago or a year ago or two years ago and compare yourself to where you are today. Chances are things that you had been praying for throughout the course of your life, you have gotten today. You have achieved today. So always keep that in sight, especially on the extra exhausting days and you need to give yourself a little bit of a pick-me-up and you're unable to get it from your loved ones and it's on you to take yourself out of whichever dark hole that you may be in. Sit with your exhaustion, absolutely acknowledge that it's there and take a moment to acknowledge your achievements, whatever they may be. And chances are you will pull yourself out of that sort of dark place, if you will. That's really good. So if Christina, if there are people that are listening that would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Through my LinkedIn page, which I'd I'd be happy to share with you. I can also be reached on my email address, which is Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A at clinkwellness.com. That's K-L-I-N-C-W-E-L-N-E-S-S.com. Perfect. And I'll put your LinkedIn link down below. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. This has been great. I appreciate it. Yes. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone.